Welcome back to Pop Culture Failure, where we watch a thing from the pop culture and then we talk about it. I'm Sky. I'm Jake. Listen to that false enthusiasm in Sky's voice. <laughs> I'm very tired. It's like <laughs> nine and I'm 35. So I'm tired. Uh, yeah, same Z's. Also, it was a big day and I got forced to go to a church and like I'm just emotionally spent from it. I um, had to look at a bunch of toys, and um, it was yeah, also we exhausting. are watching the final episode of the Mighty Ducks animated series from the er- early 90s, I think, or late 90s, or somewhere in Mid. the 90s. Mid, in the We've middle. we talked about it before, and also I don't remember. It's the middle. It's 1996. And if Jake is talking, I can't hear him. Son of a bitch. Of reasons and the shitty quality of one of our internets. Probably, possibly mine. I'm not going to say no, but I think it's yours. But yeah, we're watching episode 26, the final episode, To Catch Duck! I have an important question before we start. Okay. Did did we know that Duke was a thief before, or did you and I make that up? No, it, it's stated. They don't. Okay. They don't focus on it a lot. This episode should have come much earlier in the in the season. Yeah, but they do state it. Yes. Okay, because I, I thought it was a thing we made up because we likened him to Gambit, or though perhaps that's why we likened him to Gambit. I really couldn't remember. <laughs> I do not know, but uh, but yeah, he definitely did bring it up at least once before. Okay, I just couldn't remember if. We, I don't, I just didn't know why we knew that. So it's good to know that they're at least sort of consistent. <laughs> Although this episode is wildly inconsistent all around. So. Yes. Uh, it, the tone of it is like different than the rest of the show has been, I feel. There's a lot of weird things that come up in this. It, uh, it's like just overall, it feels meaner. Yeah. Everybody's character, well, not everybody, but enough of the characters are inconsistent enough that it's noticeable. I mean, yes. Mallory's always kind of a bitch, but, like, it's really taken She's up. really one? Yeah. Yeah. For no reason, like, at all. No. Other than it's what the script said. Like, we open up and we're in a jewelry store or museum. No, it's a museum, not a jewelry store. There's just jewels yeah, ju- in the museum. A jewelry store would never have a, a jewel on a pillow like this. Just out in the open. They're moderately smarter. But we open up and Siege and Wrath are already there and they already bungled this heist because they teleported into a mud puddle, which threw off their whole game and they're covered in mud or, or poops. I'm not sure which. To, to be fair, so as it started and they're complaining about having tripped every alarm, I did the thing that you do and I thought, why didn't they just teleport right next to this Yeah. so they could snatch it? And he even says... Uh, they set the, the teleporter wrong. Yeah, which is apparently a thing they can do. All the other times they needed to do it, they just hit a button and materialized there. Or away. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of those times, pucks are being shot at their face. <laughs> yeah. So it's maybe it's hard to, to teleport exact. I su- do you suppose they work on the standard of if you teleport somebody like into a wall, let's say... Would they uh-huh. die instantly, or would they be able to break out of the wall and be cool? I think it depends on how strong they are. Okay. Like, I think Siege would be fine. Okay. But Wrath, because but, he's so c- frail and spindly, he would just shatter like yeah. glass? Yeah, unless he can get off a of magic first. Okay. Because, you know in X-Men 3, United We Stand, 
when Kitty Pride phases Juggernaut's legs into the into the floor. Yes. And he should have just been severed from the legs down or whatever, but instead he breaks the floor and is fine. Yeah, I, it's hard to say how that works because like what takes up that space because there's two things occupying that space at the same time. So what's what? Well, most of what we consider to be solid matter is actually empty space. So if you've changed the vibration, you could hypothetically have it occupy the same area. Only, I guess that's true. The only thing uh, preventing them from passing through one another is molecular forces. Right. I knew that, obviously. Of course. Um, so hypothetically, it could occupy the, quote, same space. Just Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, but like all once, the atoms aren't next to each other. Yeah, but once they stop buzzing at the right frequency, like they'd become one thing and you wouldn't be able to like Right. The inside of his legs are still open. Yeah, the inside of his legs are still full of cement. Right. Like he should have died is what I'm saying. So I just wonder yeah. how this one works cuz Sky, it's just it's just that you're forgetting a very important thing. He's the juggernaut, bitch. Yeah, yeah. That's And that's on me. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's hard to write a movie. It is. What a it, well, that was a reference to a, a I think it was a, like a Capcom versus Marvel game where it, Oh, was it? Yeah, the Juggernaut sound effect sounded like he said that and they were Oh. they were making a reference to that. Um it's still terrible. Yeah. It was probably something like Juggernaut Punch or something, but because, you know, 8 18 bits isn't really enough bits. So it's He probably just said it's Juggernaut. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that sounds likely. But, yeah. Anyway, back on the duck planet, or the earth planet with ducks on it. Um, oh, we'll get to the duck planet in a minute. I got some things to say. I got questions yep. as well. Um, but uh, they're after a big ruby. It's very sparkly, and they're going to use it to put in a ray of some sort. And uh, right on time, as uh, Siege is holding it up, admiring it, again, like a Zelda character who found a ruby on the ground in, or in the... Uh, <laughs> In some tall grass or a pot. Uh, Love breaking those pots. Look, it's the only way he can deal with the trauma of getting plucked from his timeline and sent forward seven years in the future. I, I mean, I was on board. I said love it. Yeah. He does his best, man. Cut him some slack. Yeah. He's constantly saving Hyrule. He's very good at it. Or very bad at it. Because it's happened well, 17 times. He's like Batman, where you look at him and you're like, that's the most competent one. It's like, well, is he, though? Because <laughs> it's not really sticking what he does. It's true. He keeps getting beat with by a man uh, wearing makeup or a man with a fucking hessian sack over his face. <laughs> Look, I will accept Batman getting beaten up by a luchador. I do not accept Bat Batman getting beaten up by a clown. Or a, or a man in a three-piece tuxedo with an umbrella. You try and do anything <laughs> in a tuxedo ever? You bend you bend over to tie your shoe wrong and a fucking seam pops. Look, Oswald Cobblepot is shaped like a sphere, so he doesn't have to bend that much, so it's he'll be fine. I don't think he can bend that much. I mean, Danny DeVito played him quite well. Yeah. So, there's that. I wonder what it's like to play the part you were born to play and then still be alive for 40 more years. Also, you said a villain in a three-piece suit, and I could, in my head, there were three different villains of Batmans that have three-piece suits. But then I said with an umbrella, right. so you figured it, it out. It did narrow what, it down. What, what were they? Uh, Two-Face, Riddler, and uh, 
Oswald Cobblepot, the penguin. I guess Does also Two-Face the, wear a, the Clock King wears a, a three-piece. Does Two-Face have a three-piece suit? I thought he just had a regular suit. I don't know. It's probably sewn together from like four pieces. Yeah, I guess it's several suits. <laughs> Batman's villains are a classy bunch is all I'm saying, except for like yeah. Killer Croc. Very, very well dressed. Or King Shark. I don't know if he's exclusively a Batman villain. I couldn't. He was just you. the other. He was just the other shirtless one I could think of. <laughs> what a what a weird rogues get his. All his rogues are just crazy people that he punches in the face. <laughs> yeah, like Solomon Grundy. <laughs> yeah, well, Solomon Grundy is isn't he a corpse or something? Well, I thought he was just a big mental patient that lived in the sewer. No, I think he's like a reanimated corpse. Oh. But most of them are mental patients that live in the sewer. Yeah. Not like in Batman Beyond, where they were actually mutants and powered folks trying to beat up and kill yeah. a teenager. Yeah, but to be fair, if you're a teenager and you dress like the Batman, then you might deserve it a little. Oh, yeah. They definitely Spider-Maned up Batman for that show, and it, it really works. Yeah. Spider-Maned up Batman. <laughs> they did. It's exactly it, what it's it is. It's true. It's just a good way to put it. I mean, they kill his dad. They... Th- they give him superpowers and tell him the deal. They don't actually Spider-Man up that Batman, boy. <laughs> Look, it got me on board. I, I'm not really into Batman otherwise. That's true. Uh, we are <laughs> we are not very far in. So, they <laughs> so the ducks show up. They shoot the gem out of Siege's hand. And luckily it's gemstone, so it doesn't shatter. Uh... And then Mallory, for no reason at all, looks at Duke and says, Oh, look, they're doing the thing that you did, you thief. It's like, that's uncalled for. He he joined your resistance team. Yeah, and man. saved a bunch of people. Like he in the montage we saw of them fighting to save Puck World, he was the one who like took down a bunch of robots and had a speech about saving the oppressed or something. Every- I mean he's Definitely probably the most competent one as well. Yeah. He's always ready. He's got that going for him yeah. at least. But uh, he shoots his grapple puck and he swings in to go stab them, I guess, or steal the jewel first. Yeah, he's, he's going to keep the jewel safe. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. He tucks it into his shirt to hold on to it so, because that's the thing they want. And if he has it, they have to come after him. And they yeah. can't just take it and disappear because they have teleporters, even though they fucked up on the first round. And he can't just put it back on the pillow right now. Right. And, and like the dragons were in between him and the ducks, so he couldn't throw it to them. So this all makes sense so far. It's plausible deniability at its finest. The ducks, you know, shoot at the dragons and they they teleport out like they were going to do exactly a second ago. Um, uh, I do like that their bolo pucks bounce off the wall. That is nice, instead of just embedding in there and causing more wanton destruction. But then there's just a bucket of giant-ass gemstones on a table in the random museum. Yeah. Is it in a broken display case? I don't think so. Is I that, think it's just on a table. Is that glass? The gems in the bucket? or Yeah, is that glass in there with them? Even like, Are they in a glass display, or are the gems themselves it- glass? No, it looks like the those red gems are in a, with a bunch of broken glass. So I didn't know if that was a glass display case that got smashed. Oh, I read that the the white gem. I I thought those were like diamonds or something. Oh, maybe I don't know. But Mallory demands the gem back from uh, uh, Duck Orange, 
And he's like, look, I was just keeping it safe. I was going to put it back. And then she puts it back on the pillow where it is completely unprotected in every way. Yes. And Wild Wing was like, hey, Mallory, don't be a bitch this episode. How about? Yeah. But she does. Mallory, remember that time you almost blew us all up? Because <laughs> you don't know a fucking switch yeah. from a button? Yeah. Which time did she? Because it's happened <laughs> on multiple occasions. Remember that one time you blew that old man for no reason at all? <laughs> it's because he had a rank. He didn't even verify it. He just told you he had one. <laughs> we cut to the duck syndrome, where Mallory is still raising a stink about Duck Orange being the one to get the, the gem. And here's the thing. He's the most, like, agile of them, for sure. And everyone else just stood around. Yeah, no one else tried to go in there and get it. And he's using his he's using his uh, thieving past to their advantage. I think you mean to say thieving past. I was going to, but then I was like, no, don't do it. But then you did it, so thank you. No, if you're going to lean into Gambit, you better. you got to go all yeah. in. Uh, I guess that's true. But uh, Grin is standing up for him, which is polite enough. Uh, while we're on Grin, I'd like to stop and uh, say that Katie watched this with me. Oh, yeah? And I was like, what did you think? And she said, uh, that big one with the big jaw made her uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh yeah, she said that was she said that was unnecessary. <laughs> his giant that was her re- that, yeah, his giant jaw made her uncomfortable. That was her review. Hmm. I mean, that's a solid review, and I will definitely dash that and uh, <laughs> yeah, embellish her name. But yeah, I, we can move on. That's just a uh, you know a review from the wife. Sure, I appreciate this it. Show. Then there's a joke from Nosedive where he's like, "Look, if this episode's going to be about Duke, I'm going to go." Somewhere else. I don't want to fucking do this. Uh, Wildwing is in this just enough. And by Wildwing, I mean Nosedive. Sure. Is, is, is in this and makes Wags cracks just enough that he's pretty funny. Yeah. He's he's going out on a high note. He's just saying one thing that is moderately funny. Funny enough for you to go like, that's pretty funny. And then he'll uh, yeah. just bounce from the hey, scene. I, he's got a good line later, too, that I really like. Yeah. But, uh... Wildwing does stop him. He's like, no, we got more stuff to do. Yeah, he says there's still 20 minutes of this left. That's right. Uh, and they turn to Tanya and they ask, why why gems? And she says, because they've used them to focus rays, which is something they've already established canonically. I thought so. Um, which makes me think that this was supposed to be an earlier episode. It really feels like a very early episode of this. Because there's no reason for... S- for uh, Mallory to suddenly, without provocation, turn on Duck Orange. Right. They've never had be. I don't know if they've even spoken to each other up to this point. <laughs> that might be true. There definitely hasn't been one of the weird episodes where everyone else gets sidelined and it was just the two of them. Yeah. There, I think they might have spoken in that one episode that ended with her putting on a dress and the ducks wanting to bone down with her. Oh, yeah. But aside they, from like, that. at her. But there was w- way more chemistry between him and Nosedive than him and <laughs> Mal. Yeah. So, I don't know. But we cut over to the dragons, and they are getting a dressing down from Draganus. He's making them explain how they fucked up so bad when all they had to do was teleport in a building and grab a gemstone and teleport out. And Wrath, uh, or not Wrath, or yes, Wrath, says, uh, there was uh, an alarm system. And Dragana says, oh, well, I know what I'll do. I'm going to get another bird. Who he knows from Puck World? 
I so did did he spend a lot of time on Puck World? I have no idea. Maybe he's like that Star Wars general who's blue who has to examine a world before he conquers it. Oh, Thrawn? Sure. Nah, Draganus isn't Draganus isn't boring enough to be Thrawn. <laughs> he's also red and not blue. Yeah, every time his fucking plan works out, he he doesn't stop and go, I knew it'd work out all along. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. Thrawn's kind of obnoxious. What? He's he was real neat originally, but he's been around for too long. That'll happen. Yep. <laughs> if you want to read three of the most boring books, you can read the not the most current Thrawn trilogy that's coming out, but the second to most recent Thrawn trilogy that's coming out. Sure. Uh, don't highly recommend. Just casually recommend. <laughs> just whatever is the yeah. If you read it, you won't hate yourself, but you won't love it. That's where I fall on that one. High praise. Yeah. Uh, From a guy who almost exclusively reads Star Wars books, I'm just like, meh. (laughs) But yeah, he apparently knows a guy named Falcone from Puck World, and he's going to call him in, you know, on this last last episode of the season of the series. He's going to hand it off to a villain of the week. Uh, Maybe it's it's just because of Batman, but... The name Falcone makes me think this is going to be much more of a gangstery guy than we end up getting. Well, Duck Orange does say he was in my mob. Yeah. Which is like, oh, wait, what? But there's nothing there's nothing mobbish about the Falcone we get. No, he's got like a sword. You know how mobs do swords? He's, and he's dressed like a superhero. He sure is. This is a, a very probably very regional reference, but... He looks like if um, Eagle Man had stuck around <laughs> and gotten and a like movie franchise. no, not gotten a movie franchise, but they made more Eagle I Man commercials. Got something for you. If they had g- made more Eagle Man egg. commercials, and and by now they were like CGI Eagle Man commercials, Ugh. and uh, and he would be like some weird superhero that shits out an egg full of car insurance. <laughs> It would lose all the charm if you don't have a dude in a suit shitting an egg on your car. Absolutely. Anyone who's not Mere Sky and not from the Chicagoland area, look up uh, the Eagle Man commercial on YouTube. I'm sure you can find it. There's one it Eagle is something... Woman commercial. Yes. You know she was a woman because uh, she had a hat. And a lady puts on a hat <laughs> when she goes outside. Absolutely. It's a thing that if you ask anyone from Chicago about Eagle Man, they'll know exactly what you're talking about. But from it's just a generation. commercial that was... Uh, I think the adults probably, well, I guess we're adults now, but yeah. I think my parents would know Eagle Man. My dad for sure would have. Well, I, um, we were just in the demo to be watching daytime TV and have that just imprinted yeah. on our brains. It's just it's just a low-budget, hilarious commercial that uh, just lives in the back of our brains for when Falcone shows up. <laughs> <laughs> I think hilarious is a little... Oh, it's, I mean, acclaim. it's hilarious that that it happened, and it's this weird shared experience. Yes, the commercial itself isn't funny. It's bizarre. It's like it's very bizarre. A lot of people had to approve this to get this far, and they not were all, that many people. I for the fucking barely cable uh, yeah, access okay, that it was on. Yeah, you got me there. the The local Chicago WCIU channel. Yeah, it was on. It was on while we were probably watching reboot or something. Uh, Turtles for me, for sure. Ah. Also, that uh, is something Auto Wreckers. 
Oh yeah, the uh, victory auto wreckers. Victory, yeah, where the guy's car door falls off, and you're like, you had to that, know that was gonna happen. Those commercials still are on. They've just updated it. Yeah, and they they still show that guy opening his car door and having it fall off. Like it's like uh, over the very ending. It's like their like very last clip because we all want to see that. Sure. It's a classic at this point. I mean, you haven't changed yeah. it since the 80s. Why would you do it now? Dude, I think that's older than the 80s. That commercial looks like it's been around since the 70s. Yeah, he's that's definitely... It's probably a 40-year-old commercial. Yeah, I think they give him, like, 80 bucks for his car. Yeah. <laughs> Just a lot of 20s, and they're like, all right, whatever. And he has a very thick-band leather wristwatch. Makes me think it's probably <laughs> the 70s. His whole vibe is is uh he's got the same vibe as the saxophone player from the Blues Brothers band. <laughs> the one that doesn't Blue talk. Blue Lou, yeah. Do you think he just couldn't act at all and that's why they didn't have him talk? Probably. He's the real saxophone player, so. I mean, yeah. all of those guys only have one or two lines. I guess there's a few of them that that do a little bit more talking. Yeah, Mr. Fantastic. Mr. F- Mr. Mr. Fabulous. Bit. Fabulous, my mistake. Mr. Fantastic yeah, he is does a very quite a different bit. character. And Matt Guitar Murphy does a little bit of acting, but it's not great. Is he the one who's married to Aretha Franklin? Uh-huh. Uh, and uh and Duck and I think it's uh Cropper says we had a we had a sound that turned goat piss into gasoline. <laughs> That's my favorite line that anyone from the band says in that movie. And Ray Charles. Well, yeah, but he's also not in the band. I I disagree. He was right there in the movie. Aretha Franklin. Well he was, was in the movie. Too. Well, that's true, but she's not in in the band mm. in the band. It's no, in she's the, the blues sister. Guy. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. She's just a lady who sings in that movie. No, nah, I mean she was right there. She was in the in, the, a, blues, in the blues band, in the blues brothers band and sister. She was uh, the kid ev- sister to the blues brothers. Everyone who's listening, um, I just need you to know that Sky will antagonize me even harder <laughs> because we're doing this over the internet because I can't slap the shit out of him. <laughs> I feel like there are more music people in there, but I don't remember them. There's, um... Or maybe there's just more celebrity cameos that I'm thinking were musicians but aren't. Because Carrie Fisher's both. in there. John Candy. Uh, you keep saying names, and now I can't think of who I was going to say. But yes, I mean, Cab Calloway's there. The um, Illinois Nazis. Yes. <laughs> who is the preacher man? What is his name? Um, oh, f- uh, James Brown. James Brown, yes. Uh yeah, he sings that song. The tr- my church experience was not like that at all. Uh, most aren't. <laughs> I would be more inclined to go if they were. They'd at least be fun okay. and have some energy to it. Instead of Maybe... talking like this. <laughs> Maybe we should do Blues Brothers 2000 for this podcast sometime. I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, I don't hate it as much as everyone else, but also, A... Well, I was we were not born when the original one came out, and uh, I we were very young when that one came out. So I was very impressionable. So I really liked it. Sure. Is um, that Goodman and the other Belushi? No, it's uh, it's just John Goodman, and then there's another fella who uh ends up being Cab's son, I believe, and he ends up joining the Blues Brothers. And then there's a little boy that they find somewhere along the way. Sounds like the original. And Dan Aykroyd's still there. the fuck is he doing he's got nothing else he's got ghosts to catch and he needs money for that yeah he's selling his vodka now he wasn't then oh yeah jake it's triple distilled vodka that is filtered through herkimer diamonds i don't know what that means 
Uh, Herkimer diamonds aren't diamonds at all. They're just double terminated quartz crystals. Oh. But you can, for some reason, you're allowed to call them diamonds. All right. And then put in a crystal skull? Yeah. All right. I watched a video about um, <laughs> how insane Dan Aykroyd is. I think, I think I've think i heard that he's not uh, all there anymore. He's not well. Remember that show where he was the cool uh, preacher dad who drove a motorcycle? No. Oh, wait, yes, Soul it was Man. called Soul Man, yes. Yes. I remember them making a South Park joke once, because one of the kids was named Kenny, and he was asleep on the couch, and Dan Aykroyd yelled, they killed, oh my god, they killed Kenny. Waka waka. Yeah. The audience seemed to like it, or the laugh track. Well, did. they're, uh, they're, they're, they're probably, they probably have Stockholm Syndrome at that point, they've probably <laughs> been watching them film this for so many hours. <laughs> I long for death. Uh, so we cut to the to the pond where they're doing a hockey. They love to do a hockey, don't yeah. they? Uh, they they sh- those dive shoots and uh, wild wing saves. Um, and then Clayhorn calls. So this is the one thing that makes it seem like it is later in the season because Clayhorn calls them and says, "Hey, there's some shit going down." That's true. But they could have added that in post. Why of all people would he call Wild Wing? I don't know. Maybe he was just the only one who heard his thing. Maybe everybody else true. was responsible and took their wristwatch off. No, they never do that, because what if there's a crime? That shit's connected to, like, the, the Jumbotron. I don't know why. I, I guess that's true. They could, they're ducks from space and the future or something. They could surely figure out a better way than to wear their wristwatches. That'll definitely get smashed <laughs> with a puck. Yeah. Or into the wall, or on the ice. Everything around them is a solid surface. <laughs> one of which is slapped at like 200 miles at their faces often. Yeah, and one of which is Grin. Yeah. He's bad at everything. Um, but, but he's a- also solid, is what I was... Yeah, I, I know. Oh, okay. Um, Clegghorn says to them, uh, there's more jewels going a, the- a theft in. Um, Right away... Mallory turns to Duke and was like, did you steal them? He's like, what the yeah. hell, dude? I was here the whole time. No, he wasn't. Because they were like, you weren't around last night. And uh, Wild Wing's like, uh, hey, calm down. But really, where were you last night? <laughs> and Duke says, out. Which is which is sketchy. True. Like, we don't even find out why. Like, it's it'd be great later if he's like, oh, yeah, I was out buying you a fucking birthday present, Mallory. <laughs> Or, I just went to the bar and had a drink, man. Yeah, I was... <laughs> hey, guess what? You was, really uh, hurt my feelings, and I was drowning my sorrows. I was getting my corkscrew dick wet. <laughs> I went down to the zoo, and I picked up some ducks. <laughs> Jesus. Look, them, fl- them I, emus are gonna fuck themselves. There are 100% human beings that would definitely bone down with these guys. Well, sure, but that doesn't mean that he's into human beings. It just seems easier than a than a uh, an emu or a duck. Yeah, and it would be easier for you to fuck a sheep or something, but it doesn't mean you're gonna. I don't think it would be. Look, there's lots of myth from Scotland, I guess, that would beg to differ. I'm too skittish around animals anyway. I don't think I could get... Most animals <laughs> make me nervous. <laughs> you're just nervous in general. You're just undiagnosed. It's true. I'm not nervous. I'm smart. <laughs> To not have sex with a bird is probably a good call, because uh, you ain't got compatible yeah, I'm not, bits. And also, I'm not doing anything with a bird. You're gonna 
kick your guts out. Yeah, I no thank you. I gave a seagull a french fry yesterday and it screeched at me for 15 minutes. Wanting more. <laughs> this is the second time you've told a seagull story on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, well, there's not a lot going stop, on. Stop feeding seagulls at lunch. I'll do what I want. <laughs> Tesla had his pigeons. Let me have my seagulls. I forgot that Tesla was a real person and I thought you meant Elon Musk. Oh. And I was no. like, what are you talking about? Nikola Tesla, I've, he had some undiagnosed yeah. spectrum problem, or not problem, but like, he wasn't great in social situations, and he really loved Is that why you pigeons. relate to him so much? Yeah. He really loved pigeons, especially one where, and he wrote in his journal how he had love for it like a man does a woman. I was like, oh, buddy. <laughs> Oh, okay. okay. So you're not quite there. You're not you're not well. You're like super advanced in a lot of areas, but you're not well in social human dynamics. <laughs> and and not kissing a bird. <laughs> and I really wish that uh Thomas Edison hadn't looked at you and saw a broken human and like, yeah, I'm going to take advantage of that. <laughs> well, I mean, if you see someone kissing a bird and they have plans for uh, a light bulb, you steal those plans for a light bulb. Sure do. Because the bird kisser's not going to do anything good with it. Yeah. And then you found a company that bites the rest of his patents so that you can ensure that electricity will cost people money instead of being <laughs> free. Uh, it's the American way. <laughs> it surely is. So we cut to a the museum. And Wildwing is inspecting the door that has just been very haphazardly cut through. I just, I don't feel like museums have as many wooden doors as the museums in this show. <laughs> uh, most businesses wouldn't. They would probably have, like, a glass door. Because yeah, it's a museum in, and people are wandering around looking at things. Later, they're in a different museum that they go to. There's just a wooden door with a regular doorknob. <laughs> uh, they noticed that the door was hacked at and Mallory's like, oh, looks like a sword. And then gives... Uh, Duck Orange, the stink eye, and he's like, "Can you can you stop being a twat for like four minutes, please?" Yeah, the fuck is her deal? I don't know why you're so mad at me. I've done nothing but be cool and save everybody several times. I guess she wanted his corkscrew dick, and since he went to the zoo instead, <laughs> she's jealous. Hooked up with some fucking hot ass flamingos. <laughs> um, but uh, Duck Orange finds a feather that is just slightly different in color from his and the rest. He's like, oh, I found this. It's definitely Falcone. I mean, like, I guess they can tell each other's feathers probably pretty well, because that's, like, their whole thing. Sure. It's just weird because they're on a different planet, and why would they expect to see him or find his feathers? Guess, and also there are I guess that's here. true. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it's a museum, so potentially there's an exhibit that has feathers somewhere. This museum has free-range birds. <laughs> I mean, the, the, one of these museums just had a, a random stature room, so why wouldn't they also just throw some fucking birds in? You say that like museums don't have statues. Well, I mean, they had a bunch of non-cohesive like statues together, so I'm just saying that the exhibits don't oh. need to make sense. I just don't think you've ever been in a museum. Not one with statues. Just All your museum experience comes from this episode. And and Night at the Museum 3. That's the one where the things come alive. The third one. 
<laughs> yes, thank you. You're welcome. Duck Orange, I was like, yeah, this is from Falcone. It's from the mob I ran on Puck World. That is very suspicious. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's say Duck Orange is stealing the gems. What's he going to do with them? That's a great question. Who's he going to sell them to? Who's who? How is he going to fence them and have them not be able to point out and say, oh, the giant fucking bird is the one who took it? Yeah. What do you think he's doing, Mallory? And why would ducks have any value in gems at all, aside from he building just, ray guns? He just can't help but steal. That's his problem. He just loves Teven. <laughs> Look, I get it. I steal all the time. <laughs> uh, I, I have a much more pressing question. His He's picked up that feather with his sword, so it's stuck on the end. Yeah. Could you imagine trying to stab a feather? <laughs> It would be impossible. Well, the thing is, it is a solid five inches down on the plate, so he's also stabbed into the floor. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> because wanton destruction is fun. And sometimes that blade is a lightsaber blade, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I just... I've tried to sweep up feathers before, so I, I know, so I know, and I know what happens there. So just, I imagine trying to stab, it's very similar. <laughs> well, he's better than you at stabbing. He's better at stabbing than I am at sweeping? Probably. Is that what you're saying, Sky? Yeah. It's true, but it hurts to hear it. <laughs> I'm sorry. But as it's your okay. friend, I should be allowed yeah. to tell you the hard truths. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> no problem. I appreciate your candor in this instance. Also, I think Katie's wrong for you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I waited two years after you were married to tell you. Um, it's like It's like two and a half, I think. I wasn't that far off. Also, I said I think. I don't know for sure. <laughs> I feel like it was in October, and I'm not sure what month it is right now. Yeah, the same as Um But uh, right away, um, Duck Orange is like, yeah, this is from Falcone. Dragon has brought him here, and I don't know why. And everybody just agrees with him. And, you know, good, I guess. Everybody but Mallory is willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. We cut back to the Ducknodrome, and Mallory is like, he is acting suspicious, which, I mean, yeah, sure, a little. Yeah, I. but they've been on this fucking other planet for a year. Everyone's nerves are probably shot. Yeah, and that's why Duck Orange had to take a trip down to the zoo. Exactly. Which is suspicious. Uh, is she mad that he didn't invite her to come with? Maybe. I could see her hooking up with a cassowary. No, those are mean. Those are too mean. Yeah, that's. I imagine that's what she's into. Oh, she wants someone to dominate her. <laughs> or at least try to, as she kicks the shit out of yeah. him. And Wildwing asks her, why would he suddenly return to a life of crime here, now? And then Duck Orange comes walking in, and they're like, oh, you're accessorizing, right? Now more? Or uh, you're accessorizing more, and He's not. Like, he's wearing a different suit that looks like it might have been a suit Magneto wore once. Yeah. Um, And he's got a utility belt, but, like... And no shoes? Uh, I think he was wearing, like, ninja shoes. Hmm. His feet were black. They're like... No, they're they're just maroon like the rest of him. Oh. Uh, it's like well, like a whole onesie situation. Yeah. He's, he's definitely dressed like an X-Man. Um, and his sword moved from his shoulder to his, the small of his back for some reason. 
and he's got a, and, uh, a thieving pouch. Well, yeah, and Wildwing notices, and he says, "Those are those are thieving tools for hunting." A, a weird way to phrase it, but sure. And then Grin says something stupid. Yeah, Grin's on his side. He's like, "Look, Duck Orange needs to reconcile with his past, or he'll be a slave to it, or whatever." And it's just like, or you guys could just stop being dicks. Yeah, that would solve the problem a lot faster. Oh, also, Wildwing says, take Mallory and, and nosedive. Yeah, because they're not dicks in this instance. But Duck Orange just put together that Falcone is stealing the biggest gems available. So there's a big sapphire at a different museum in a different... I'm not sure where It's in are. San Francisco. Is it? Oh, yeah, he says yeah. Frisco at one point. And I was like, ugh. Yeah. I bet they it's hate the Pacific that. Museum in San Francisco. Right away, they notice that the door is open. So they just Yeah, this is this is the museum door that's just a regular wooden door with a regular doorknob. And Duck Orange and so, disappears right away. Yeah, they follow him in and he's already missing and but we see he's in the in the vents and he's like, I gotta do this one on my own. Yeah. And then Falcone appears and he's a falcon from Puck World. So I guess they do have other duck or other birds. I guess so. And Even this- though literally everyone else has been a duck we've seen. Yeah. Including the the redhead that got lost in time space. But this guy's from Puck World, but never once mentions hockey. <laughs> he's also not wearing a shirt in the traditional sense. Uh, it's because he's too busy wearing a cape? Well, yeah, he's got that whole He-Man bondage gear look that he's working. Yeah, he does. He is wearing a very He-Man-y outfit, you're right. He's got a sword what has lightning crackling around it, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't think the blade shrinks, but... Katie's other question is, why are these ducks' bodies so big, but their heads so small? <laughs> it's the style at the time. I guess so. Uh, so, Nosedive and Tanya pull guns, and he slashes them with his sword. Uh, and that's pretty much that for them. He yeah. pushes them into a giant construction room slash bank vault, where he takes their communicators, but not Tanya's wrist gauntlet techno thingy. Omnitool is the word I was looking for. Yeah, that's what she calls it, at least. But I call it a wrist tech watch techno thingy. Uh, Falcone shuts the door. He's like, you have three hours of oxygen. Hope you guys die. How? Okay, I have so many questions. Yes. Why? This is a big, giant room in the middle of this place. There's no ventilation, apparently. And how would he know they have three hours of oxygen? He did the math. He what knows the math? average. He knows the resting breathing rates of ducks. He cal- calculated the volume and subtracted the amount of stuff that's in there. So he knows exactly the the, the cubic foot of oxygen in there. A- apparently, he's very good at it. It's, it's part of being a thief, Jake. Is knowing the volumes of gases in rooms. Thieves be knowing stuff. Yeah. What if you need to throw a smoke bomb? To knock out all the guards, you need to know the specifics volumes. I guess that's true. It's good to do your research before you get to a building. Yeah, even though you just arrived on this planet like two hours ago. <laughs> I guess. But the ducks are like, oh, I, I guess we're just going to die here. That room is crazy big. There's no way. It's so big, yeah. I mean, step one is knock out nosedive. Because if he's asleep, he's going <laughs> to be using less oxygen. So that ups your time by half. Yeah. Um, Second, I know for a fact that your wrist gauntlet shoots a laser that would 100% cut through that door 
that is Absolutely. probably made of wood or at least the wall. A lot of this room appears to be made of wood, yes. Yeah. It, there doesn't seem to be like exhibits in here. It just seems to be, I don't know, drywall and a TV. Yeah, I'm not sure what this room is. Well, it's a vault, Jake. Oh, right. Duh. The drywall vault. <laughs> For the precious drywall. It's the first drywall, Jake. This is my was my favorite line here. Um, they go to commercial as after they find out they only have three hours. So when we come back from commercial, uh, Wildwing, uh, I'm sorry, Nosedive says, I can't believe we only have three hours. And Tanya says, well, actually, it's two hours and 57 minutes. And he says, I knew I shouldn't have just sat around during that commercial. It's pretty and good. I, I like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> that's a self-aware joke that works. Yes. Like, they, they've tried all of I them. Mean, and that's the first one that really worked. It doesn't super work uh, when you're streaming it, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, but they couldn't have known at this point. We live in a future they could not have foreseen. It's true. Where everything's just as awful and racist, but <laughs> we can stream it without commercials. Hooray! And also, on devices we can hold in our hands. Yeah. Or the We TV. can watch this on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, look how they would never know how flat my TV is. It's true. They'd probably think you're a witch. They would have. I would have been burned at the stake. And rightfully yeah. so. Yeah, absolutely. So the plan now, instead of just like opening the door or popping it off its hinges, is uh, Tanya has tapped into the CCTV of the museum. And she can watch Falcone. <laughs> she can watch the episode along with us. Right. Uh, so Falcone pulls the sapphire out of another completely uh, unprotected glass case. At that moment, Duck Orange has emerged from his hiding place and hits the vent, or hits the uh, the, the gem out of Falcone's hand, which falls to the ground and shatters into a million pieces. And at that moment, I was like, God damn it, sapphires are almost as strong as diamonds. What the fuck is this? And at that moment, uh, Duck Orange is like, oh, I still can't tell glass from the real thing. I was like, fuck, they, t- they got me again. They keep getting you. <laughs> Duck Orange has, or he snuck in probably while his friends were being put in a box to die uh, and <laughs> yeah. stole the gem. Falcone isn't displeased or surprised to see uh, Duck Larange, which makes sense. Which is weird. No, I mean, how did he know he was here? Because Dragonus brought him here and was like, I need you to take on Duck Larange. I guess that's true. And I guess after he saw those other ducks, he's probably not too surprised. <laughs> I, I wonder what he was doing during the dragon assault. Like, wh- wh- what was he up to? This guy, he was Teven. Teven this, Teven that. Yep, alright. So they both draw their weapons. There's gonna be a sword fight. It's alright. I mean, it's not great, but they've done I mean, this is everything you. this is everything a young Sky could have wanted. A duck fighting a falcon with a sword? Yeah. One of them's got an electricity sword. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. Duck Larange gets the upper hand for a little bit. And then Falcone, like, they fight up onto a table like they're in an Errol Flynn film. And Duck Larange is like, what if we work together for some reason? I'll give you this rock if you help me. And uh, Falcone's rightfully um, suspicious. Yeah. Duck Orange says to him, um, I know you're working for Dragonus, so... I need you to tell me the things you know about him. So what could you possibly need to gain from him that you don't know already? 
Except for yeah. maybe their specific current whereabouts. But- or whatever their weird diamond stealing plan is this week. <laughs> there t- okay, there are 26 episodes. 14 of those have been about stealing jewels or diamonds of some sort, right? I Yeah, I mean, that sounds about right. But At least two of them were about an electricity monster. <laughs> yeah, but they were palette swapped, so they were totally different. Oh, yeah. They've stolen the sapphire, and they're going to go steal a different thing. They hop in the spaceship that I guess uh, the other guy, Falcone, brought with him. I just assumed he got yeah. teleported here, but I guess his ship also did? Apparently. Or the dragons had an extra one? I was going to say, or the dragons gave him that. I don't know. I don't know, man. They don't tell us. There's too much other story to tell. Mallory and Nostar did, thank you, did notice that uh, Duck went with them. So Tanya is has decided that she's going to, instead of just cutting through the door with her powerful laser gauntlet, she takes the CCTV and make and broadcasts it to all of them, all of the TVs in like 500 miles. She does that by like seemingly turning on a little flame on her Omni tool, touching it to the um, fuse box, and then it turns the TVs into, or, you know, puts her camera on all the TVs. It's just... Hey, Jake, um, are you an engineer? Once? No, well, no, I mean, technically no. Well, then... It, it sounds like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, huh? Maybe cut Tanya some slack. I never know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, maybe the space duck knows a little bit more about technology than you. I guess so. I'm going to go take a match to my fuse box and see what happens. No, don't do a match. You need a blowtorch. Oh, okay. I have one of those also. Okay. Well, yeah, there you go. See if you can start broadcasting. Yeah, start doing a Twitch. But, uh... With magic. Duck magic. Jake, Jake, what are you doing in there? I'm Twitch streaming! <laughs> really? Because it looks like the house is burning. Oh, that's happening as well. Yeah. So, uh, we get a view of those TVs at the TV store that face out that somehow have the sound that reaches the street. Uh, yeah. And it's Tanya just waving her arms and yelling, help me, please. And uh, you are using up that oxygen, lady. By yelling nonsense. <laughs> and then Nosedive takes over and also starts yelling nonsense. But in, I guess, in a more charismatic way. Uh, it also, works. People are looking. I Yeah, but I don't know why. Because I certainly wouldn't give a shit. Well, um, it's because you don't love hockey. <laughs> yeah. I just can't follow the puck. It just disappears when I'm watching it. <laughs> and it's just a bunch of men skating around and I can't tell where... What's happening? I don't know if they still um, do the thing where they add like the graphic where you can watch the puck. I think they must, right? I have no idea. Um, I do like that the store that all of these people are gathered in front of is called Television Store. Yeah, and they carry all brands. All of them. Luckily, uh, the other ducks happen to be driving by in the migrator to see a, a group of people and think that that's suspicious, suspicious enough to get out and investigate. I mean, they were right. And luckily, at that exact moment, Nosedive yelled ex- their exact location. And I do mean yell. Like, he is, he needs to stop yelling. They're going to suffocate. So they presumably the other ducks go to rescue them. Uh, we cut to a creepy castle uh, where Falcone and Duck Orange are going to steal some sort of long-named gemstone that's big. 
And there's yes. sort of off-brand Buckingham Palace guards here. Yeah, they I don't know what they call this place, but it, it does seem like oh, stand-in for Jake's England. Damn it to hell. Son of a bitch, Sky. What are you doing? Okay. Oh. At least we at least we've gotten better at fixing this quickly. Yeah. Um uh whatever this place is, it seems to be a stand-in for England. Yeah. I I don't know is there a copyright on the Buckingham Palace guard design? Maybe. Or I don't they, know. Are they worried about also, getting sued by the royal family? I mean, they probably have good lawyers. It's probably safe to presume. Also, I have a question. Why would why did they, why did they give Falcone teeth? <laughs> I don't know. Don't they all have teeth? It's, I think so, but it's extra unsettling on him because he has such like a sharp beak. Yeah. It's, it doesn't look right. I hate it too. I don't know why they gave him like the weird Wonder Man my entire sides are exposed costume. I don't know. What does the Y on his chest mean? Uh, I don't know. I he ju- he just looks like he's designed for a completely different show and character. I'm sure he was. So they they break into this place and they break into what you could presume to be Buckingham Palace. Yeah. And um, there's a single safe. Uh, Falcone starts to work on it, and uh, Duck Orange is like, I bet you can't break that open because you're a bitch! And he goes to sit down. Yep. That's exactly what happens. (laughs) Yep. And we cut back to the Pacific Museum, where Nosedive and Tanya are dying, because they talked to Right before our very eyes. Yeah, there's, they're getting carbon dioxide poisoning. And at that moment, uh, the other ducks kick it in, kick in the door, that is. And they're like, hey, there, another thing happens that makes me think that there's probably some rewrites or something. Because Tanya's like, yeah, this show's definitely getting canceled because they're dying. Uh, and then Mallory kicks in the door with the other guys and says something about the shitty production values. Which feels like a meta commentary about the reviews they're getting or something. No, I think it's because of the uh, the show they were putting on the TV elsewhere. Oh. You know, they were putting on a show that they were watching. Okay. The, yeah, I guess that I didn't put I didn't together. get I didn't just, get it I at first it was either. Like a I was like commentary. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's just a comment on uh, on them using that security camera to to Put on a show. That's less funny to me. Well, Mallory said it, and she sucks, so... She, she does suck. Um, but, hooray, they didn't die. Yeah, there's still plenty of show left. Yeah. <laughs> we still have ten more minutes of this. Yeah, so, I think they called the place they went Fernanda, or something? Something like that. You know, definitely not England. Everybody piles into the, uh... The Migrator, and presumably over to uh, Arrowwing. And we cut back to Buckingham Palace. Falcone can't quite get the safe open. Sky, do you mean Duckingham Palace? Uh, no. That's not what it's called. Oh, okay. But actually, it it might in this stupid existence. Yeah. (laughs) Falcone's had enough. He's just going to cut the safe open with his sword. Which probably would have been an okay place to start. Well, it'll set off all the alarms, though. That is what Duck Orange says, but, like, why didn't you just cut the alarms to begin with and then do what you want? 
Because Duke is good at opening the safe. It's true. He selects <laughs> two numbers and it opens. Yeah. Falcone has that pickle jar mentality. He's like, well, I loosened it. And they open up the safe and there's just a like a, a shitty figurine in it. Uh, Duke is able to decipher what it could possibly mean very quickly. Yeah. Uh, he notices that it has uh, Big Ben, or excuse me, definitely not Big Ben, carved into the <laughs> top. And there's a moon and a sun on it. And uh, the the clock is set to definitely one o'clock. But... Sky. No, it's the Roman numeral 12 that he sees, not the, the oh. clock he's looking at. Okay, yeah, you got me there. Rocky 5 plus Rocky 7 <laughs> equals, no, what is it? Rocky, Rocky 2 five. plus Rocky 5 Rocky v equals Rocky, plus Rocky seven. 2 is Rocky 7, Adrian's Revenge. There it is. That's what I wanted to hear. Um, Yeah, I did not, I thought that was just like filigraphy or something. Uh, no, <laughs> no, it's the number 12 in Roman numeral. Yeah, I see it now. But yes, the clock should also be set to midnight and or noon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Duke puts it together. He's like, oh, this is this is a key. And there's a safe that can only be opened at uh, Big Ben at noon or 12. And it's almost 12 now. So let's go. And Falcone pulls a gun and shoots the safe and sets off an alarm. And Duck Orange has a lot of time to react and chooses not to. And Falcone shoots a sh- chandelier to fall on him. Doesn't actually incapacitate him because it just kind of hangs around his waist as though it were uh, a floating tube for a lazy river. <laughs> he chooses not to use his arms in this mo- moment. He swore that if a chandelier ever fell on him, he would <laughs> wiggle his way out. It's a promise he made to his dying mother. <laughs> and goddammit, he kept it. So Falcone takes out the... The, I forget what it was. Was it a sapphire they stole from that other place? I, yeah, that sounds about right. Sure. Because I know they're going after a sapphire here. Maybe it's a ruby. I don't know. It was like an off-blue color, so I don't know what stone they took. But he takes it from Duck Orange. He grabs the key and he fucks off. I forgot you got a boner for rocks. <laughs> and at that moment, a different British palace guard, or uh, a definitely not British palace guard, comes running in. Um, he seems he seems more in charge. His uh, his symbol on his hat has a much fancier embellishment. Yeah, and they have a Cockney accent. So there's a scene break. Uh, we come back and Duck Orange is being led around because they handcuffed him, and they're questioning. But you can't him. handcuff no Teeve. <laughs> it's damn right. They're asking him what he did with the keys. Like I don't have it. Then he uh, picks the lock on the cuffs and he kicks the shit out of these innocent men, and he. He locks one of them to a railing that's on the wall for some reason. <laughs> so you don't fall. Uh, I guess. I guess the queen has always been old and probably there's probably a lot of safety rails all around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Falcone has gone up to the clock tower. There's a bunch of moving gears like you'd expect to see in a clock tower. And wouldn't you know it, the safe is built in to either the hour or the minute hand of the clock. <laughs> Which makes more sense as to why you would need to be there at a specific time, so you could yeah. actually reach the, the the safe. It is stupid though, because that's a good way to get your fingers cut all the way <laughs> off. Um, but Falcone uses the key and he gets in there and he he is able to steal the gemstone and he's 
really patting himself on the back for being able to do this, and he didn't really do any of this. Like, no. <laughs> every part up leading up to this was Duck Orange. All he really did was shoot a chandelier onto a guy. Yeah, and probably kill at least a man. Yeah. And he, he's just really drinking it in and jerking off about being the greatest thief. At which moment, Duck Orange appears on a gear. <laughs> he's just <laughs> gently shifting into frame. <laughs> uh, so they decide to have uh, a fist of, a fisticuffs in the uh, the clock tower. And by fisticuffs, I mean they draw swords and they start clanging against each other. Yeah. Except they're on gear, so they keep like having a short window where they can sword fight, which is kind of funny, kind of cool. Yeah, and also like you could just like, keep stepping with the the gears and not have to keep right doing it treadmill it. <laughs> yeah, they go full on. Uh, Episode three, uh, with the the yeah. their fighting mo- movement, like they cover a lot of ground. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, there's less lava, but that's about the only difference. <laughs> there's a moment where uh, Falcone runs up some stairs or something, and to meet back up with him, Duck Orange grabs a a, a chain that's being run along, so he is carried up by the chain, and that's pretty cool. And eventually, I'm not sure how, because not a lot else happened. I think Duck Orange just disarms him. And he's like, why do you want the jewels, damn it? And Falcone says, oh, uh, Draconis is turning into a ray that's going to, like, stupefy all the people. Yeah, he's going to wipe their minds. Yeah, stupefy them. Yeah, I was just, for the layman. Like, he's Quail Man. Uh, Apparently Falcone's in it to steal all the riches that are on this planet. What riches do you think he wants? Our sandwiches. (laughs) Like all birds. Falcone wants to crack a deal with uh duck orange and he's not really having it to the point where falcone just pulls a gun and shoots the the catwalk out from under duck orange causing him to fall into the gears and almost get smooshed by him uh at which point falcone just runs away and destroys all of big ben yeah he he shoots definitely not big ben he shoots that weird thing that's not a cog it's like a like a big it's a spring is it, is it a spring? I was going to say, I was going to describe what a spring was. Twirly band of metal. <laughs> I don't know that Big Ben has a giant ass spring, but I know like well, in, this, a, in a pocket watch, you have something like that where it'll, you yeah. twist it so it causes tension. And it's effectively a spring. Uh, but this is a legally distinct Big Ben, so it That's does true. have a big spring. This is Big Henry. Big Hank. Uh, Duck Orange doesn't get smashed to death by the gears, so good for him. But Falcone does make his way back to his spaceship where he has all of the other gems that he stole. And he puts the final two Chaos Emeralds together and becomes supersonic. (laughs) So the the mind wipe device is in this ship. So I guess this is a dragon ship. Okay, that tracks. Right? It would have to be. Yeah, it would be easier to transport one person rather than an entire ship across across the multiverse or time and space. Yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't send one of the other hench people. Send one of them to what? To, like, chaperone and make sure that he does the plan? Because they're bumbling idiots and he's the best Teeve. Okay. Got me there. Well, second best Teeve. (laughs) That's for damn sure. Uh, So at this moment, uh, the arrow wing pulls up. Pulls up? Do planes pull up? Yeah. Okay. What did you just see? I guess. I guess they pull up to, like, avoid smashing into hills and stuff. Yeah. Um, 
but it doesn't touch down either. Everybody jumps out, uh, it slides down using ropes. They instead of stopping Falcone or no, do they go to stop him? Yeah, we just cut over well, they, to Duck Orange. They or, uh, three of them jump out to see what's going on here to okay. find Duke, and then uh, uh, Tanya and, and Nosedive stay in the in the plane to chase Falcone. Right. Uh, Duck Orange is able to get out from under all the rubble himself. Yeah, um, and he yells, stop that ship. And we know he's in trouble because his new costume's all torn up. And the other ducks are like, did you change sides or what's happening? None of us were watching this episode and we don't know what's happening. And he's like, no, you fucking dickbags. I was just fucking, I was, tr- this guy's a good thief and I was following him. So he couldn't steal the thing and now Draganus has a stupefying ray. Which, I mean, this is exactly what he would say if he did get caught. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I was working with him to figure out the plan, of course. That's, uh, yeah, it's the double-edged sword. Of, uh, of being a Teave. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that funny to anyone else? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we all grew up with Gambit, so. Yeah, I guess that's true. Ain't nobody listening to this podcast don't know who Gambit is. <laughs> that is damn which, true. Which sounds like a sentence Gambit might say. <laughs> I'm sure Ed has said. <laughs> so the I guess the ducks pile into the arrow wing and you know give chase, um, and then we cut over. No, to just just uh, just the two are chasing it. Just uh, everybody Tanya else just and... got left behind. Yeah, they're just waiting. Okay, but Falcone is flying around and he's talking to himself and thinking about how he's going to be king of the planet. And at that point, Draganus teleports in. Draganus teleports in. And he's like, "You wouldn't even be the court jester." And then he pip slaps him to death. He he does. He really does. Nah, um, Falcone's like, oh, fuck. I didn't think you'd like hear that. Um, I was just going to test fire the ray for you. And Draconis is like, I hope you can fly and tosses that bitch out of the fucking spaceship. I mean, so we know the birds on Puckworld don't fly. If we, if we didn't know before, we for sure know now. Right. Or he has just accepted death. I guess that's true. You don't wear a cape like that if you can fly and then not fly. <laughs> that's right. So uh, Duck Orange notices that this guy's falling, so he does a Batman and he throws his grapple line onto a gargoyle and <laughs> swings down to save a falling person. This would have been good cross synergy if those had been the gargoyles. Yeah. Um, I finally figured it out. He uh, Falcone kind of looks like a more menacing Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> kind of just doesn't have that weird looks, jowly thing all right he looks like uh he looks like Fal. Uh, i mean he, he yeah he looks like falcone that's who he is he looks like falcone leghorn like i don't know at a gay bar <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's definitely peacocking yeah he's definitely got a strong bear vibe if he was like a gay chicken <laughs> indeed uh but duck orange saves uh, uh falcone leghorn spider-man style and uh, but his line cut or snaps, and they both fall into the moat around this castle. That was the, that was definitely there before. <laughs> like, yay, we did it! And we cut back up to the air where Draganus is going to the upper stratosphere to kill every human. Uh, no, to squish their brains to turn their brains into summer squash. Okay, but wouldn't that kill him? I don't. Maybe not immediately. If I mean, if you make them too dumb to eat, look. I all think I'm that's saying, a, 
is what I learned from uh, Serenity is if you make the popular That was exactly dumb, what I was just going to say. You'll, God damn it. You'll forget how to do stuff like eat and you'll just sit down and die. Or that you'll, is get, one... you'll get super rape crazed and build spaceships <laughs> to go into space and kill and eat and rape. That is absolutely the reference I was going to make. So yes, I am on the same page as you. <laughs> Miranda. <laughs> uh, it's a good movie. It's, it's a it's, great movie. Made by it's a too bad man. it was. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's too bad it was made by a sex pest. Yeah, I wish that the people who make good things weren't just terrible, terrible pieces of shit. So I uh, have to separate or, the art from the artist because it's hard. Or at least be a piece of shit from the get go, or let us know that you're a piece of shit. Like, don't let us yeah. find out thirty five years later. Or like, do the right thing and be like, "Hey, I don't want to be and married just, anymore. I'm a very famous Hollywood man, and I'm gonna." Just like have sex with the ladies who are interested in doing that. Yeah, not or not fellas, pressure. whatever you're into, I don't care. But like, like consent, informed consent. Uh, I mean, on top of that, he sounds like he was just a dick too. Oh, for sure. Ray uh, Fisher's got a lot to say, and I 100 percent believe him. Yeah, Elijah Dushku um, said something about him like making her cry or something because because of her weight or something. I don't know. Hmm, that sounds be, right. I could He's... be misremembering, but also, fuck Joss Whedon. <laughs> he was very rude to Ray Fisher and uh, Gal Gadot on the most recently on the set of uh, that movie that no one liked, Justice League. And, and he was. You keep saying Ray Fisher, and I keep hearing Ray Park. No, that's but a they different are very man different men. Yeah, who uh, may or may not be a different kind of sex pest. Damn it! I know. There was a dick pic that may or may not have gotten out on accident or on purpose. I know there was not enough follow up to make me think it may have been on purpose. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it may have been an accidental situation. Uh, I'm not totally sure to pass judgment on that one. Sure. I mean, even Captain America did it by accident. So it's true. <laughs> He's the best of us. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> This podcast is very uh, anti-Joss Whedon. Yeah. But but pro some of his work. Man, I just, I can't imagine, like, coming up, like, going up to myself ten years ago and saying to me, hey, in ten years, Joss Whedon is going to be a piece of shit, and you're going to agree with both the insane clown posse's policies as well as NASCAR's. <laughs> and my I would just look at me and be like you're clearly some sort of alien plant or something or a robot this right. that none of that makes any sense in any context and it could never happen hey buddy just enjoy Joss Whedon and Louis CK while you can yeah hey buddy you live in a you live in a society where uh, you don't know that Kevin Sorbo is terrible so just enjoy <laughs> yourself rewatch that legendary adventure <laughs> <laughs> well, you still can. Yeah. Remember Dean Cain? Yeah, I have fond memories of Dean Cain. Hold on to those. Yeah. Hey, you know how you really enjoyed the Nerdist podcast and think Chris Hardwick's a pretty good dude? <laughs> yep. You're going to have to jump off that ship and drown. <laughs> uh, what a time. Yeah. And Mel Gibson sucks top to bottom. <laughs> I think he sucked then, too. Uh, yeah, I don't think I was ever a huge Mel Gibson fan, so I But he I is going to make a Christmas movie that you're going to want to see, but you haven't yet. So, be prepared <laughs> to wrestle with that. True.
What is it, Fat Man? Yes. It looks so fucking good. It did look pretty good. I haven't seen it, and I want to. But I want to see it for free. By next year, it'll show up somewhere. I hope so. So, uh, Tanya and Nosedive show up behind the spaceship, and they shoot the shit out of it. Uh, And Draconis dips out, and the Chaos Emeralds get exploded, I guess? Yep. But they're the hardest... Most of them are the hardest substance on Earth, so presumably they just fell really far and probably killed a person. Or perhaps they flow, fall, fall harmlessly into the ocean. That's also an option. We cut back to uh, definitely not Buckingham Palace, where Falcone is being dragged away by the not-British palace guards. All of the ducks and then, run up at once. And we find out that fucking Duke LaRange was Carmen Sandiego the entire time. <laughs> He's wearing a red trench coat. I thought he was just wrapped in a security blanket, you know, like you do for uh, runners who finish uh-huh. the marathon or, like, burn victims. Yep. But no, he's just, but he's, he just had he's this a, somewhere. He's a hat away from being Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know where he got it, but then he's like, whatever, uh... Because the, the ducks are like, oh, I guess you really weren't a thief after all. He invites them in for a group hug and pickpockets all of them. Pickpockets uh, a loose word because he steals fucking Wildwing's glove. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Tanya's techno gauntlet. Yeah. And, I don't know, Grin's dignity or something? I don't know. He's got everybody's guns. And I don't know how this would take suspicion off of him right because everybody was like well not even everybody most of them were on his team it was just mallory who was being a bitch yeah Um, he's like i can steal shit if i feel like it and that's how the episode ends (laughs) with him dressed as carmen san diego walking to their car what a a weird very last scene (laughs) what was the most turtle-rific part jacob uh, it was the line that Nosedive said about the commercial that he shouldn't have spent all that commercial not doing anything. <laughs> it was pretty golden. Yeah, it was a good line. I enjoyed it. Great job, Wildwing. Yeah. And by Wildwing, I mean fucking Nosedive. God damn it. At least I'll stop doing that now that this is over. <laughs> I don't think you will. What's weird no. is that I don't hear the mistake either because I also get them confused. Just like I confused <laughs> Mallory and Tanya. Those two I can do. I just the brothers. I get confused. But Tuck Orange, I had from the get-go. And that's not even his name. That's close enough. It's the English translation. I guess that's true. Uh, I'm going to give it to Falcone. I think that his design is pretty rad. And his... Uh, yeah, he was... His, he was good. His electricity sword is pretty cool. And he definitely did not belong in this show. He clearly belonged somewhere else. Yeah. Possibly a design that gargoyles cast off or something. Yeah. Uh, but I was uh, I liked it. It looked good. This show had as pretty long, good designs. As long as we're talking about him, he's probably my my answer for the next question. Oh, uh, who was the most likable or effective character? Yeah, I think it's Falcone. He he was a neat guy. I mean, his name doesn't match his design, and why does he have teeth? But other than that, <laughs> he was all right. He needs teeth for chewing, Jake. I guess so. How are you going to crack these walnuts open without teeth? Definitely <laughs> not with your big, sharp beak. Well, he's a falcon, so he'll just rip apart 
cows, I guess. He's big enough to just take down a cow. Yeah, I don't think falcons eat that many walnuts. Not typically. That's more no. of a parrot kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, there's not like a lot of walnuts in the jungle, but I remember feeding my parrot uh, walnuts and he liked them. So, Oh, you, you actually did? Yeah. Is that bird still alive? Yes, but he does not. I think not, I've asked you this before. Yeah, he does not live with my family any longer. Oh, okay. <clears throat> he lives with a guy who went to pick him up dressed like a pirate. So, All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Seems appropriate. That guy's living the life. He's living his truest life. So, like, <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> you know, good on him. I mean, one, where, I, <laughs> he can. Where did your mom find a guy dressed like a pirate? Uh, she didn't. We. Um, she knows a guy who owns a pet store in Chicago. Oh, okay. And he handled it. Um, that that makes more sense. Yeah. Than your mom associating with fake pirates with an eccentric wealthy man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently that's his whole thing, and he's got a bunch of parrots, and uh, our parrot is doing much better, uh, because he you know is being properly socialized and is living a better life than he was with us. So. Good for He's him. He's living in an enchanted tiki room. Uh, possibly. <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. They sing. They do three shows a day. <laughs> Work with Dazzle. She's a real locks out there. <laughs> um, so who's the most? Did I ask you who the most likable or effective is? Yeah, the, we talked okay. about uh, that other that other bird man. Right. Um, yeah, he was able to assemble the Chaos Emeralds. So good. Yeah. Which is really a thing you're always looking forward to doing. Yeah, I, I like Sonic and and uh, the fact that the people who worked for Sega also really liked Dragon Ball Z. So they're like, what if you took the seven Dragon Balls, I mean Chaos Emeralds, and what Super Saiyan, I mean Super Sonic. Is that really what it's based on? It's pretty close to that, yeah. yeah. One definitely influenced the other. This is the last episode of the series, so Jake... What did you think overall of the Mighty Ducks, the animated series from Disney, Disney's uh, Plus? It's not that bad. It, it was a little inconsistent overall, but, you know, for a show from 1996, uh, it it was all right. Yeah, and it didn't get abundantly racist. Like, there was some... No. Certainly some troublesome moments. Yes. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed the, the like, character designs. Yes, that's probably, that's probably the strongest part. Absolutely. Like, uh, their fighting gear looked pretty cool. And overall, like, uh, Dragonis and his henchmen are pretty solid designs, except for their weird off the thumbnails. Yeah, I hate that. But that's, yeah, they, they are. They're threatening, but, I mean, still cartoony enough. And I don't know. They're, it's a good, it's an overall good look to the show. It's got a good design. Yeah. Uh, plus, I love hockey. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> it gets extra points for just having the logo that I've always been in love with. Yes. From the moment I saw it. Uh that logo does some pretty heavy lifting. There was no way it wasn't going to just because of how we already felt about it. <laughs> so it had they had like this this running start even before we decided to watch this. Yeah. And uh, I I'm sure I did not make it all the way through this the first time around, you know, 20 years ago or whatever. Yeah. No, it was more than that. It's probably closer to like 25, but you get my meaning. I think I mentioned before earlier today, Furby and I were at a toy show 
and I saw several of these action figures, and they were substantial. They, they're they're big action figures. They yeah. were like five to six inches tall. Like, nice. yeah, they were. Uh, if uh, if that Duke Lorange had had his sword, I would have just bought him for you. But he didn't have his sword. <laughs> it's like, what's the point? Yeah, that's kind of um, my whole thing. I know there was that regular one that I sent you a picture of, and then there was a uh, there was one he had like more armor and guns and stuff. Mm. And a different outfit, like so. Seemingly, there were two of each of them, except for probably the girls. There probably, probably. were none of the girls because yeah. that's how action figures worked back then. Unfortunately, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to T- Toy Galaxy doing this show and showing me <laughs> the figures. So, and the weird, hopefully, he gets there. Weird stuff. Um, yeah. What do you suppose happened to Kennard? Think he's dead? That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, no, I fully I think expected he, I him think... to come back at some point. I think that's a that would have been a season two thing that uh, just we didn't get to, <laughs> and I think that one that we decided would have been the last episode would have been a much better last episode than this one. Absolutely, this one was definitely just repurposed for no real reason. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why they decided this one should be the last one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, overall, I didn't hate it. No, not at all. We could have watched something. We could have and have watched way worse. Yes. So I guess that brings us to a logical question of where it falls on our list. Don't worry. I already looked at this before and I brought the list up again. So I think I have an answer. That's good. Because I I had not thought about it at all up until this exact moment. Uh, I had been thinking about it already. (laughs) It's pretty close to the top. I mean, it is in in the top. Alright, so, as of right now, sitting at the top is Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, and at the bottom is Fast Color. I just read uh, a bunch of tweets from Mark Bernardin, who um, does a fat man on Batman with Kevin Smith and is a writer on various TV shows and stuff, mm-hmm. and he re- he really likes Fast Color, and uh, I think it just wasn't for us, but uh, I felt bad after reading his things about how rude we were to it. <laughs> I wanted to like it. I really did. You did. And I fell asleep during it. And I don't do that during movies. <laughs> I have another movie that I want to send you the trailer for. Um, and I think you're going to want to do it for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about it later. But um, okay. uh, so whereabouts are you thinking this fits, Jake? This this is where I think it fits. And you tell me if I'm wrong. I think it goes above reboot. And below Power Rangers. I did like it more than Reboot, The Guardian Code. Um, yeah, actually, I think that's that's a very good place for it. When I was thinking about this uh, earlier this week, I was like, is this better than Animorphs? And it's very close to Animorphs, but I think I liked Animorphs a little better. Just because Animorphs also has more of a nostalgia thing for, I think, both of us than this, too. Sure. So that helps it. And also, the Animorphs series in real life, painted half of a horse blue, so. That's true, and had a lot more dogs than this one. <laughs> All right, so, uh, I think that is a pretty good place for it. So the anime, or, uh... God, we've watched some crap. Look at this <laughs> list. <laughs> yeah. Um, But looking at this list, Sky, uh, I, I forgot the uh, Great Wall was on here. <laughs> yeah. Um, But Ferbs and I were just at the bookstore looking at movie novelizations, and there was the novelization of The Great Wall. Yes. That, uh 
that I refused to buy because I hated that movie. And Furby <laughs> was like, no, thank you. <laughs> Should have got it for me. Oh, I'm sorry. If I see it again, I will. Jake, Demon Space Dogs or something. I didn't think you liked reading. <laughs> I don't mind reading. It's just something I don't <laughs> think about doing because all of the other things in my house. Um, exactly. I'm uh, here to not do that. Of, of all things, did you want to read the novelization of The Great Wall? <laughs> It'll be really I, incredible to listen to those descriptions of arrows flying. Because I think Furby might have said, you should get it for Sky. And I was like, he doesn't want a book. <laughs> I mean, you're not entirely wrong. <laughs> Good job, Mighty the Ducks. Mighty Ducks. I couldn't think of what they were called. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't as good as um, the anti-racism episode of Ghostbusters or an entire PSA <laughs> about not doing drugs that we didn't fully understand. But uh, that PSA about not doing drugs is so fucking good. I love it. <laughs> it's so weird. So I wonder, much I, happens. I wonder what it would take to find a VHS of that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Go for it. I need to own that. But to your credit, you're way better than Inhumans. Oh, um, yeah. God, what a pile of shit that is. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, I think that'll probably do it. Um, thank you guys very much for listening. Um, we're probably going to do a little bit of a hiatus and then we'll come back with uh, whatever the next thing we're doing is. We always say we're going to take like a long break and then we end up doing like a movie and we're like, all right, back at it. <laughs> yeah. We never take as long of a break as I think we think we're going to. <laughs> I mean, which is fine. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't tell you I enjoy doing this, but. <laughs> sure. You have a brand to maintain. Exactly. And it's and your feelings. I just like to hurt your feelings. Yes, yeah, of course. Oh, that's my brand, right. All right. I'm 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 aware. I've known you for a spell. Yeah, uh, but I wasn't aware. <laughs> well, that's why I'm your brand manager, so you don't have to worry exactly. about those details. You're, you're doing a pretty okay job. Yeah. Uh but thank you. <laughs> Are I supposed to be, do you want to do a pop culture palette cleanse? Oh yeah, I watched Cars 2, so I could do that. Oh good. I'll go first. We watched Cars 2. And um, upon rewatch, Cars 2, not as bad as I initially remembered. Oh, yeah? That's good. Uh, honestly, maybe better in a different way than Cars 1. It's definitely more exciting and more happens. If you took Mater out of Cars 2, obviously it wouldn't be a, the same movie. No. But if you tweaked his character so he's not... Mater. Functionally mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not well. And that's upsetting because it's very frustrating to, to watch this character be irredeemably dumb. Yeah, he's functionally an unattended minor. Yes. And, uh, and if he was dumb but a little, like, more redeemably dumb, I think it would be a slightly better movie. Because everything going on around him... Uh, with the other characters is good. He's just so dumb that it's frustrating. I mean, um, they did get Michael Caine to be a car. Exactly. That's pretty cool. And he's great. But also, there's some really horny parts where the cars are really horny for each other. And one of them, like, decides... Well, she doesn't decide. Her and Mater become, like, boyfriend-girlfriend. And I just am uncomfortable with the fact that she wants to fuck him because he's, like, got, like, a child's brain. So that's weird. <laughs> I became really focused on the cars having sex right at the end because 
they're all real horny at the end. Yeah, it's also just a thing you're into. Oh, so here's okay. You're gonna appreciate this of all people because you appreciate the Japanese culture, Sky. <laughs> Don't like how this is starting, but go ahead. Uh, you're not gonna like how it ends. Um, <laughs> the The plot of the movie is is that there are three races th- in different places in the world. The the first one's in Japan. So Mater and Lightning McQueen get to Japan and they drive around. And there's a, like a montage of them enjoying Japan. Mm-hmm. And they drive past uh, a row of vending machines. And there's a guy at the vending machine. Oh, no. A guy. A car guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because you know what comes out of vending machines in Japan. Sure do. Used underpants, right? That's like I mean, a thing. Yeah. Not all vending machines, but some of them. What, right. But they have that. That's a thing you can do there, allegedly. I don't know. I've never been. Yeah. So there's So there's a car at a vending machine and he gets a, a single tire out and i was oh. like oh you can replace your tires and i thought about it and i was like no he has tires he's not missing one these are like their used panties their used tires are like their underpants i think or shoes. i think that's what's happening i think it's probably more akin to a shoe but yeah you're not wrong uh no i think it's an underpants next guy <laughs> i mean there's i just foot stuff too I get it. I mean, there's lots of weird stuff there. They're they're uh, they're a more freewheeling culture than us, I think. Yeah. In that regard, um. But anyway, I think maybe that there's like a weird sort of fetishy thing happening in this movie that uh, I was really excited about when I saw. <laughs> uh, Highly recommend Cars two <laughs> more than I recommended Cars one. Is the fetish we really- the one that belongs to John Lasseter and how much he fucking loves Cars? Oh, yeah. speaking of, speaking of sex pests, whose uh, work oh, no. we still enjoy, yeah, John Lasseter also sex pest. I don't know if I knew that. Oh yeah, he's not uh, at Pixar anymore because they had to be like, "You gotta get the fuck out of here, dude." Well, good. So yeah, this uh, this this uh, episode is brought to you by all of the sex pests that Sky and Jake's work, uh, the the whose work that J- Sky and Jake like. Edit that into a coherent sentence. Do you want to just take it again? Because that sounds nope. like it'd be easier I, for me. I just think you should just edit it into a cohe- cohesive sentence. <laughs> each each little nugget of phrase that you said was in a different tone. So <laughs> Good. <laughs> It'll be extra weird. Also, Sky, we got the ending of two television shows this week. Did you Did you watch the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier? I did. Oh, um, I just watched it on Friday, and like, <laughs> it feels so long ago. Well, it was, it's been a big weekend. I I liked it. I just don't love the head portion of the new Captain America costume. His goggles look like they cut off his peripheral a little bit. Yes, they do. I was like, that can't be great for a guy who flies and throws a disc that's going to come right at his fucking face. You need uh, very and- good visibility, sir. <laughs> And he stands there and gives that very poignant, like, truth-filled speech, and he's wearing that ridiculous thing on his head. And I'm like, it really takes the sting out of this. Yeah, it looks like he's wearing Oakley sunglasses. Yeah. And it's uh, impossible I, to take anybody wearing Oakley seriously. I was Ask asking, Cyclops. or I was, <laughs> I was telling Furby the same things this morning when I saw him, and he was like, they could have just given him regular goggles like he had before, and it would have been fine. Yep. I was like, you are right. Or covered up his ears and the top of his head. I just didn't yep. love it. Yeah. The rest of it's great. I forget if that is exactly how the costume in the comics looked. It's very similar, yes. Okay. 
which is obviously why they did it. I just don't love it. And I'm sure by the time we get to Captain America 4, they'll tweak it so it doesn't look quite as silly. Because sure. they d- do that with Steve's Captain America uniform, where it's always being updated and less silly each time we see it. So, yeah. Was it made but of yeah. vibranium? Presumably. Okay. Because it was made him. by Wakandans. Yeah. Because that would really help him out as a regular man. Yeah. And, I mean, they dropped a helicopter on a it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's vibranium woven into there, probably. I mean, if. Uh, Black Panther's costume is made of vibranium. Why not the Falcons? Exactly. Or, excuse me, Captain America. Yeah, Sky. Look, you can't go by one name and then switch and then have me <laughs> remember right away. That's true. I, I can't remember names that we established early on. So, like, give me a minute. <laughs> uh, also, I just want to say how rude it is to call the show Falcon and Winter Soldier and then make the entire thing about Bucky trying to forget that he was the Winter Soldier, or n- not forget, but like make up for the fact and escape that fact, and uh, you're just calling the damn show with a Winter Soldier. That's rude. Yeah. That's all. That's all I have to say about that fact. It was good though. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and, and then also invincible. What? I'm sorry. I said and invincible. And invincible ended, and uh, it was everything about it was terrific from beginning to end, all of it. Yes. The whole setup leading up to uh, the confrontation and, uh, like, seeing Eve do... I love Adam Eve as a character a lot. And having her go around and helping people and having that kick-ass treehouse. Yeah, she's doing more of what I think you you said early on, that they're not using her powers really as good as she could. Well, this is a storyline from the comics also, where she, like, moved to Africa... To uh, help people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the dynamics between Mark and Nolan are really interesting, I think. And I just... I'm just very excited. I I don't see why not, but I really hope we do get the second season. Yes, especially since they because, left it right before yeah. the thing happens. And I just... Yeah, I don't see why we wouldn't. It might... Who knows? Maybe it's already made and, and they're going to give it to us. I mean, that very well could be. That's what they did with the reboot. Right. <laughs> Keeping it up to that very high standard. <laughs> I haven't really anything to add to that. I <laughs> Life is busy. Except it's not. Yeah. Except it is. And we talked about the two better things that happened. <laughs> True. Invin- Invincible in Winter Soldier, I mean. Yeah, I, I picked up on it. Okay, I just didn't know if you were watching Cars 2 also. No. Uh, never again will I see that movie. I saw it once, it's, and that was good. It was alright. Did not care I, for I, it then. I, no reason I look to forward back. to seeing Cars 3 for the first time. I'm good. Well, you good news, you're not invited. Fine. Great. Good. Uh, okay. <laughs> but that'll probably do it for this week. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening and hanging out with us through another weird series that we dug up from. Oh, 20 wait a second. Years ago. Do you know what today is? <laughs> uh, April 25th. Yeah, I'm pretty sure to the date it's our four year anniversary of doing this show. Oh, really? I think so. We're pretty damn close. Huh. Uh, I think the first tweet you sent out was April 25th. That was like, hey, we did this show. Hold on, I screenshotted it to to remember. 
Yep, April 25th, 2017. Oh, how about you that? You said, our first show went up. There's some weird stuff with Sky's levels. <laughs> That's me. Uh, when I didn't know how to do things yet. And, you know, barely know how to do it now. Um, that's cool. Happy anniversary? I guess so. I should have bought you a cake. Yeah, there's still time. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> Look, there's a one hour left of anniversary, so. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess, you know, everyone who um, who's, who's stuck with us for any amount of time, thanks. Yeah, that's really cool of you. You guys truly stayed frosty. (laughs) Uh, You said the thing that signals the end of the episode, and I got confused for a second. Um, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, uh, you can follow us at failedpopculture with Nui at the end. You can email the show at popculturefailure at gmail.com. If you want to rate and review, you can do that on whatever facility you want to, which would be great. Allegedly, it lets other people find the show. If not, that's fine. Also... Um, you can follow me. I'm at Sandwich Surplus. I'm at Midwest Love Affair. And, uh, of course, uh, Black Lives Matter to fund the police. And uh, continue to stay frosty, everyone, as you've been doing, you know, recently. <laughs> That's right. Wow, four years is a long time. I didn't think it was that long. It's the longest we, either of us has ever done anything. It's longer than I've been married. Yeah. It's uh, it's a long time. <laughs> yeah. Shit, I was just going to say a thing and then I forgot it completely. Cool. Alright, thanks guys. We'll <laughs> see you next Yay. time. Yay! Bye everybody! Bye.